from Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 to 9. That's Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 to 9. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, folks. Uh, welcome and uh, a great delight to see Vicky uh, baptised and uh, to uh, share in that with you. And um, really lovely to hear... Um, Vicky speaking of the welcome that she felt that she had uh, here amongst Christian uh, brothers and sisters um, and, and here at Platts too. And that fits in well given that we're thinking through this summer and as if you've been around you'll know we're thinking about hospitality, we're thinking about where that appears in the Bible and we've been in some different parts of the Bible and here in this passage in Isaiah uh, today which we're going to take a look at in the next few minutes uh, together and we're going to get you uh, doing at least a couple of things uh, to help us out and to think about this as we go along. If you have been with us over the summer and if you were here particularly last week, Tim was telling us that in these last couple of weeks of our series, we're thinking about the hospitality that God shows to us. We spent some time looking at the hospitality we see uh, people in the Bible showing one another. And then in these last couple of weeks, the hospitality that we receive um, from God. And I guess if you caught the beginning of that uh, um, uh, Bible reading there as we heard it read to us. You'll have seen the first of our headings, the first thing that we're going to think about this evening, which is that it is a picture that Isaiah gives of an amazing feast, uh, an amazing feast that speaks of uh, the finest, uh, the, be the best food, uh, the finest wine, a great feast that is prepared um, and laid out. Imagine a sort of a fantastic spread, a fantastic table uh, with the best food. And it got us thinking, and we wanted to get you thinking. I, I don't know what that, when you imagine, what would a great feast look like to you? What would, what would the best food that you could be served up now that you would really enjoy or that you would anticipate or look forward to? And I wonder if you might just have a couple of minutes uh, and turn to somebody nearby. What is going through your mind? What would a, a fantastic feast, a great spread look like to you? What kind of food would it be? You can turn to somebody nearby, share, perhaps it's a part of where you're from, Perhaps it's uh, something that uh, you used to enjoy as a child, whatever it might be, or just the place down the road you love to go to. Um, what would be the best food? Take a moment or two to chat with somebody nearby and, and see what you come up with and see how you fare. I don't know whether you have planned an entire meal or whether <laughs> you've just gone for an, a kind of an item on the table. Um, I very loudly heard Phil. Phil was going for a steak, but he'd chosen the wine to go with it too. So that was, that was well thought through. Chateau Neuf du Pape. There you go. He's got the very, very important. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, who, whose kind of plan has, was more savoury? 
Is anybody more savory in their choices? Anybody went for really sweet palates? Oh, oh not very not many. many. Okay, oh. No, no, okay. You're all savory people. Um, have people gone for anybody gone for fast food type things? Okay, a few people. Oh. Who's who's gone? <laughs> Jack, well done. Who's gone gourmet? <laughs> kind of you know fancy stuff. I would expect nothing less, Chris. That's very good. Um, and I wonder, has anybody gone from anywhere from somewhere specific? Like you want it from a particular shop or particular something like that? I know Paul himself, if it's from Marks and Spencer's, he'd be happy. It doesn't really matter what it is. <laughs> Greek lamb. Okay. So, yes, I guess lots of thoughts in terms of hopefully, you know, you've got a big idea of what that amazing feast is going to look like. So, with that in, your, in, that, in your mind's eye, the, you know, that sense of anticipation of, a, of, a, of something you'd really enjoy, a, a food that you would really uh, love to have, that's kind of what Isaiah is getting at. When he wrote this prophecy, when he wrote these words, uh, verse 6 says, On this mountain... The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine. There you go, uh, the, uh, the aged wine that goes with the tender steak. Um, the best of meats, the finest of wines. It's the promise of, and it's meant to make you salivate, it's the promise of a fantastic get-together, a fantastic meal, uh, a really enjoyable um, spread laid out, the most wonderful that you can imagine. And we're told that it is for all peoples. Now, over the summer, if you've been here for some of the other uh, sessions that we've had thinking about this entertaining angels, we've seen some of the ways that different people have been welcomed. So right back at the beginning, we heard about Ruth, who was a foreigner, uh, who was welcomed at the table of Boaz and treated so amazingly. We heard about the widow who met Elijah, who had nothing. uh, And Elijah was able to help her to make sure that she had food to keep her going uh, for ages and ages. And we heard about Mephibosheth as well, didn't we? If you remember he was an enemy of King David and yet he is invited to dine at the table of King David all the days of his life. Uh, All of these amazing pictures of what it meant to be invited in and to have that hospitality. But actually these verses in Isaiah are not about the here and now, they are about the future. These words are a, they're a prophecy, uh, and we're thinking more about what it looks like. Uh, We know that it's been promised, but what does it look like to look forward to this amazing feast? That's the, uh, the, the second thing uh, this kind of we want to get you thinking about, is what it means to look forward. What does it mean to, to do that? I imagine there are lots of things that you look forward to. Uh, you may have things that you're looking forward to at the moment, perhaps things that you've put into your diary um, for this coming uh, term that perhaps haven't been there over the past uh, while. We, we often enjoy looking forward to eating uh, with others in different ways. That might be a, a meal with a friend, it might be a party, it might be a, a bigger thing, a smaller thing. Uh, we wonder if we might just, uh, again, I want to get you just chatting for a moment. There are, let me give you a list. I'm going to give you six different things. And to ask you, which of these are the kinds of things that you would look forward to most, and perhaps least, of them? So the first one is your own birthday party. Uh, are you somebody who looks forward to uh, you know, your own birthday party? You might be somebody, uh, uh, the second, uh, looking forward to someone else's uh, party, someone else's birthday. Uh, third, Christmas. Are you somebody who looks forward to Christmas and a Christmas meal? Uh, fourth, uh, a family or a friend coming for tea. Um, fifth, getting together with old friends uh, and meeting up with them. Or sixth, a friend uh, just coming over for a cup of tea. Ah, there we go. We've got a list of them there. Uh, a get together with old friends. On, and sixth, uh, a friend coming over um, for a cup of tea and some cake. Now, just, uh, you know, there are a whole mix of things there. Are there different ones that you might look forward to? I imagine we're quite different in this room. Uh, Turn to somebody nearby. Which would would be your top one? 
which will be the least uh, um, sort of you'd anticipate on your list, the least you'd look forward to, just with somebody nearby for a second. Okay. Now, this morning, we took a bit of a straw poll to see what the general lie of the land was, so I think we'll do the same this evening. So we're going to, we'll sort of, we'll list them out, and if this was your top choice, you can kind of indicate so we can sort of see. Uh, so who would, your own birthday party, who would, would that be the top of your list? People, <laughs> There's a couple of people at the back there. Yep. Do you know, nice. it, w- it was only a few people in this morning was, as well, wasn't it? it? Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very special people. Um, someone else's uh, birthday party, someone else's party. Oh, Yes. Somebody at the back there as well? I sometimes think they're a lot less stressful at other people's okay. because you haven't got to do anything, just to enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you don't have to do all that kind of work. <laughs> um, what about uh, Christmas dinner? Was that top oh, popular? Oh, yes. That was okay. very popular this morning too. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> okay. Look, people look uh, family or uh, A family member or a friend coming over for tea? Is that your... Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, a smattering there. Uh, meeting a friend for tea and cake? Are we doing that one? Yes. Yeah, meeting friends for cake. Yeah. Um, or uh, getting together with old friends. I think <laughs> that and Christmas there. probably were the top they two. Are, they were. You are, you are statistically in line with the rest of flats this morning as well. Um, there you go. <laughs> now, one of the sadnesses, isn't it, have been of the last 18 months has been that we haven't been able to do the things on that list in quite the same way as we would have liked to. Uh, we all, I guess, had lockdown birthdays and perhaps didn't have parties or events in the way we wanted. Christmas wasn't the same for any of us in the way that we wanted it to be. And we haven't had the ease of being able to meet together to eat and drink in the way we'd like to. But having food and drink with people is a great joy, isn't it? And there are lots of different ways that we share food and drink together. There are the big occasions, like weddings. We've had lots of weddings here at Platt over the summer. Uh, we've got the flowers from a wedding this weekend. And they are great opportunities, aren't they, of bringing together lots of people in a, a big occasion with lots of you know fun and people dressing up and everything. And Christmas, again, is another big one. But sometimes it's the small ways, isn't it, that we look forward to. Uh, it is the extra person joining you for lunch on a Sunday or meeting somebody for a coffee, or just a regular meal at a friend's house that you just go around once a week to do that. You know, we were created to be with God forever. We were created to enjoy him forever. And he's promised us uh, this amazing feast in the future. And if you've never thought about the Christian faith or you haven't given it much thought, it's really worth investigating and seeing what it is that we were created for and what God has promised He has promised this feast in the future. Do you know, there is an amazing reason why meeting with other people, eating with other people, spending time with other people is so important. It's because it's what we were created for. Now, when you were with us uh, last week, we've been thinking through this series, and we landed on a passage in the book of Exodus. Now, I want to try and make some Bible links here um, for us. Tim was talking to us about a particular uh, uh, episode in Exodus when God's people had been rescued. And then if you uh, were with us, you might remember that some of God's people then went up a mountain and had a meal with God. And that was the, uh, the focus that we were looking at. It was a surprising event. Some of God's people got to go up the mountain. They enjoyed this extraordinary meal with God. And Bible uh, scholars um, tell us that Isaiah, when he writes his words here, this prophecy, he is looking back to that meal in Exodus. He's looking back at what happened. And Tim, when he talked about it last week, he told us that what the people were getting, those people who were able to go up the the mountain at that point in Exodus, were getting a foretaste of something 
that God was promising. And Isaiah, if you like, is trying to flesh that out. He's trying to give a, a, a picture of something greater, looking back to that day and saying, one day, not just some, but all of God's people will enjoy a meal with him. And not just any meal, but a greater meal than even that was. So he's kind of trying to make these links between things. You know, you might think that our series are just put together randomly, but actually there's a bit of thought that goes into it. And joining up these Bible dots, the unfolding story of the Bible that presents a God to us who says, I am preparing a feast um, for you, something fantastic, something great, in a new creation that he has prepared for those who follow him and trust him. This is what God has planned. And so as we've had this um, series in hospitality over the summer, hopefully it helps to make a little sense of that and why we think about hospitality. Because in a sense, if you think about it, every time we show hospitality now, it helps us. It helps us look forward to the hospitality that God has promised us in his new creation. Uh, often it's just a small way. Often it's just a, a little picture of what is to come, but it points us forward. It helps us look forward to where he's taking us. And so it's an encouragement for us to actually get out and do it. Now, it might be that it's coffee and cake with somebody. It might be having an ice cream in the garden. It might be having beans on toast on a tray on your lap with friends. It might be having a fancy meal where your pudding isn't yogurt and you've actually pushed the boat out a little bit. But it's important, isn't it, for us to have regular times when we are meeting together and eating and drinking with people. Because when we do it... It helps us to get excited about the feast to come. Uh, so let's think of ways that we can meet and share and eat and spend time with people now. But you might be sitting here thinking, well, that's, uh, so that sounds lovely. There's a, a feast that's described in the Bible, and so we're to look forward to it. But actually, if you uh, think about the world we're in now, it doesn't really feel like there's this sort of joyous feast coming. It actually feels much harder than that. And that brings us to the, the third uh, the things we're thinking about as we look at this passage, and that is about waiting. Um, and given uh, the, uh, uh, the events of this past week even, or the past couple of weeks, perhaps if you've been watching the news, you may well have thought, well, the world isn't like that. Uh, the world isn't uh, quite that way. We, uh, we are, um, we're surrounded by challenges and difficulties. And so part of looking forward as Christians is also waiting. And for some of us, uh, waiting can be hard. Now, this is, I have to say, where this morning we did insert a donut-eating race. You might wonder why that came now and what was going on. Well, it was to do with the fact that we, well, part of the donut race was that you weren't allowed to lick your lips whilst eating it. And we had a couple of people here who, uh, who tried to eat a donut each as quickly as they could without licking their lips. And um, that was, why was that, Sarah? That was to convey... They, well, they, they had to wait for the enjoyment Indeed. of that. But actually, it was quite hard for them to do it. I think. <laughs> it was, actually. It yes. was quite so we used it as a picture. So if you can imagine that for a moment, we used it as a simple picture of waiting for something. And obviously, that's, it's not a big deal to wait to lick your lips, having eaten a donut. Maybe it is, but it's not really. But for some of us, actually, waiting can be quite hard. And so to hear the Bible speak of something wonderful in the future is quite challenging. Because actually waiting now might be quite hard if your health isn't great and you're waiting and hoping that things will improve. If your, uh, perhaps your, your money situation isn't great and you're hoping and waiting that there might be some kind of support uh, for you um, and it doesn't seem to come. Or perhaps as a Christian, if you're a Christian here and you're the only Christian in your family, that can be hard to feel like you're waiting in that situation. Or you're, only, you're the only Christian you know at your workplace or your college 
Uh, and again, you, you long for there to be more support, uh, for there to be more of that sense of being with others. And actually waiting is hard. Or perhaps even just as we look around the world and we see the events on the news, we've seen events unfolding in the past couple of weeks, we see that those for whom life is very challenging, uh, those who are persecuted for following Jesus, those who are um, having to flee their homes uh, or lose their homes, who are suffering, and partly because they are Christians. It's a, a difficult thing to wait in expectation of what the Lord might bring when those glimpses of a promised feast feel far away. But Isaiah knew that when he wrote it. He wasn't writing when everything was easy. Uh, so even when things are not as they should be, we are to read this prophecy from Isaiah and be excited about this promise that God has made uh, because we can wait for this promise, this promise that one day we will feast. Uh, and let me read again verse 8 from our reading. We're told this, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Aren't these words amazing? Uh, this is Isaiah prophesying that death and tears will be gone forever. So one of the reasons, well, many reasons why this feast will be fantastic will be because there will be no empty chairs at this feast. There will be no unkind words at this feast. There will be no tears. There will be no arguments. There'll be no empty plates. There'll be no threat of having to leave. And there'll be no loneliness. There will be nothing to spoil this amazing feast that God has promised for us. And our reading ends with these verses. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. It is such an amazing picture to look forward to, this promise of this feast where death and tears are gone. So let's use that. Let's keep that in our minds, even when things are hard, even when it's not as we want. Let's keep looking forward to this feast that God has promised, keeping it in our minds, helping us to wait, but also making the most of the opportunities now to have those little glimpses of what it's like as we meet with people now, helping to point us forward to this amazing feast that God has promised for his people.